Welcome to the 12th Street Daily, a podcast intended to encourage our faith family as we seek to become apprentices of Jesus. I'm Thomas Winborn, the lead pastor at 12th Street Baptist Church. Today we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. This is a big chunk of text, and I'm going to be really specific with how we address it. But let's just read it and let the word pour over us. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. There's a lot there. Let's unpack this. He's talking to those, right after he talked about in the preceding verses, about being subject and submitting to human institutions and governors and emperors. He now speaks to servants, or you could even say slaves. He says, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Now, as a quick caveat here. Many have taken these type of statements in the Bible to say that the Bible endorses slavery. That is simply not the case at all. In fact, if we look at the overall message of the Bible, Jesus came to deliver us out of enslavement to sin, to free us from that so that we have no condemnation, that we are freed from sin. So the picture of the Bible is about being freed from slavery. But here we see Peter writing to the church in a world system where slavery was normal, different than what we've had in the U.S. in some ways, but still slavery nonetheless and not any less wrong. But here the point is not about calling up for change to happen to the masters. It's talking to those who are actually servants to the masters. And he's not talking about slavery per se. He's talking about how are you going to suffer? When you suffer, do you suffer the way you should that emulates Christ? He's not arguing for anything other than for the people he's talking to, if they're in this position, to do what they do, to live their life in a way that would bring honor and glory to Jesus. So here he says, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good ones, but to the unjust ones, for this is a gracious thing. When you're mindful of God, that you endure sorrows while suffering unjustly. In other words, when you do suffer unjustly, if you do so in a way that is honoring of Jesus and those around you, even of your master, that will point to the grace of the gospel. But he says then in verse 20, For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. In other words, if you do something wrong and you get punished for it, that doesn't bring glory to anybody. But if you do right and you're punished, for it, then when you're punished and you endure well, Jesus will get glory in that. 
For to this, he says in verse 20, you've been called because Christ also suffered for you. So we are called to a life of suffering. This isn't just for service. This is for all of us. We're called to a life of suffering. When we suffer unjustly, we still should suffer well so that Jesus is glorified, so we don't detract from Jesus's goodness, that we should suffer as Jesus did on the cross. In fact, It says that he was leaving us an example so that we might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him, God the Father, who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, reflecting back to Isaiah. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So here's the point. When we are reviled, when we suffer unjustly, when we know we've done nothing wrong, but we should still suffer in a way that points to Jesus and his glory. Because Jesus, who never did anything wrong in any way, all of us are guilty of sin. He was not. Yet when he was condemned, when he suffered unjustly in the persecutions, in the trials, in the beatings, and in his death on the cross, he suffered all those things truly in an unjust way. And yet he suffered well, bringing glory to the Father, not reviling those who persecuted him, who who killed him, but instead even praying for them, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is how we are to live our lives. When those who come against us come against us, when we've done nothing wrong and do not deserve those things, we should act and respond in such ways that God would receive glory like he did when Jesus went to the cross in our place. And remembering this, that Jesus died for those sins as well as ours. So let us walk in such a way, no matter who we serve on this earth, that when we are unjustly reviled and persecuted and hurt and blasphemed and all those things, that we walk in a way where Jesus gets glory because we suffer well as Jesus has suffered all for the Father's glory. Let us be like Jesus, even in this kind of suffering.